In this episode of Serious About Tech, I will be covering all of the technology news from this summer, 2019. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Serious About Tech. I am your host, Zachary Webb. This is the podcast where we get serious about technology in news, reviews, and discussions. Today I'm going to be talking about all of the smartphones and other technology products that came out over the summer. The first thing I have is a correction from the last episode, episode 20, in which I said that the OnePlus 7 Pro had a 120 hertz refresh rate display on it. Um, it is actually a 90 hertz refresh rate, and it can also be turned down to 60 hertz, which is what most smartphones are. Now, having it at 90 hertz lets it to be look more smooth, especially for animations and other such things. Basically, it can refresh the screen more times in every second, so that as it refreshes it more times, it just seems smoother because your eyes are seeing more. So, like when you're scrolling, whereas on a 60 hertz, it's more like a stutter scroll where it scroll, it like scroll jump, scroll jump, scroll jump, versus on a 90 hertz. It can do a nice, smooth scroll where the 60 hertz would not be. So that's what's up with that. Um, another big thing is Android 10. And this is something that I'm actually pretty excited about being an Android enthusiast myself. It would just be nice to have the newest operating system from Google for phones. And that would be Android 10. The differences between 10 and 9, which is Pi, the previous version... Well, the first big one, it Android 10 is not named after a dessert. Something that Google has done for lots and lots of times. And now they made it so that they're not actually naming it after a certain dessert or even giving it a number like Q. This should be Android Q, but it's just Android 10. They're not putting a name to it. They will have one internally, but not externally. Like normal consumers will not know what it is. So, Android 10 is basically previous version, Android 9, but with Android 10, they have brought a system-wide dark mode that is actually works better and more privacy protections. When an app wants permissions for like your location, your microphone and such, it will your phone will ask if you want to give it to it for one time only, for the whole time it wants it, or deny the permission. So that's going to be nice for you guys to actually being able to control which apps have access to your camera, notifications, your microphone, your location, all those things that we want to keep just all random apps from having access to. There's also a new gestures to control it, new gesture navigations. You're probably familiar with the three button layout on the bottom of phones that you have your home button, your back button, and your recent apps button. Well, these gestures, it they have they do the same things, but you swipe up to go home. You swipe back from one of the sides to go back, kind of how it is on a lot of iPhones. And then you can swipe on the bottom little pill thing. On the very bottom of your screen, you can swipe one direction to switch apps or just swipe up and hold and switch between all of your apps that you have open. So that's what's up with Android 10. And, of course, your phone may not get Android 10 for quite a while. Most phones, unless you have a Pixel or an Essential phone that already have 
Android 10 on them. If you have a OnePlus device, you will probably get it pretty soon. The OnePlus 7 series and OnePlus 6 series are going to be getting it this year, hopefully within the next one to two months. And the OnePlus 5 series will be getting it next year. If your phone is a flagship phone, you should be getting it here within the next next six months, six to nine months. If your phone is a mid-range or a low-end phone that is from someone like Motorola or HTC, if it's a low-end phone from LG, it just it probably won't get it for a little bit longer. So just realize that you may not get the latest update when it comes out. Same with security updates. Most of those phones do not get many security updates. Even if it is a flagship phone, if it's already one and a half or two years old, you may not be getting as many. So another thing with Android 10 is they have notifications. So you can use focus mode to blacklist a set of apps that you don't like, you don't want to use, they're distracting or whatever. You put them on this list and then they won't send you notifications. So it's to help you stay off certain apps when you need to actually get work done which is kind of nice since some people do need that in this day and age. Next, we have the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 and Note 10 Plus. These are phones that Samsung just announced um, here in the past month or two. And these are some of their flagship phones, similar to the Galaxy S10 series. Just these are the phones that they have an S Pen, which is a little stylus thing that goes inside of the phone. You can pull out and draw on the screen and do things with that. It's kind of nice for that. These are the big phones. They're bigger than the than the Samsung Galaxy S10 series with a 6.3-inch display and a 6.8-inch display on the Note 10 Plus. They, of course, have top-of-the-line specs, all of the right specs that you would imagine, the processor, the RAM, the storage, the cameras, the, all the good hardware. Um, battery is pretty decent as well. And they have 25-watt fast charging meaning that you can charge faster than previous, like the Galaxy S10 and previous Samsung devices that didn't charge faster than 15 watts. And for the Note 10 Plus, you can get a 45-watt charger that can charge the phone up to full way quicker than previous devices where it could take up to two hours. This is way quicker. So the main problem with the Galaxy Note 10 Plus series is, of course, the price. Um since these flagship phones anymore are very expensive. So the Galaxy Note 10 Plus being a flagship phone cost around $1,100 at 1099 And then the smaller Note 10, on the other hand, is just slightly, slightly cheaper. Not much cheaper, of course, because... It is retaining most of the functionality except for no micro SD card slot. The Galaxy Note 10 Plus has it, and the Galaxy Note 10 does not. Both of them lack a headphone jack, being some of the first Samsung flagship phones to do so. And the Galaxy Note 10 in the U.S. is priced at $949, so $949. So definitely not much cheaper than the Note 10 Plus. Not exactly surprising since we all know that these phones are going to cost a lot. They have good camera fast storage, fast processor, just very smooth, and they have the S Pen, and all of that just makes it an expensive package. Now, if you're not looking for expensive phones, there's going to be some cheaper phones that I'm going to be talking about in this episode too, some Nokia phones, and also a OnePlus, the OnePlus 7T. I'm going to be talking about that after a few more of these other products. So Samsung also relaunched their Galaxy Fold. 
This is one of their devices that they released earlier this year that is a foldable phone. So basically with this phone, what you'll do is it is a phone, but it has a 7.2 inch display. It has a 7.3 inch display that you fold. It folds. I actually talked about this in a previous episode and it folds in and the screen is on the inside, but it's folded inside of there. So it's a really cool idea. This phone also has a screen on the outside of it and you can see a video if you go to our show notes at seriousabouttech.com slash two zero seriousabouttech.com slash 20 for the show notes for this and you can see a lot of the links and specs the things that I talk about in the in this episode and you can see how this phone looks and the main problem with it was that dust could get into it through the between the screen and the body and also in the hinge. So there's a hinge, of course, so that it can fold in. And the screen's on the inside so that it can fold. It can fold the plastic display. And dust would get in there and eventually ruin the screen because it's a plastic screen because you can't fold glass like that. You can't just bend glass because glass will break. So since you can't do that with that, they had to do it like this. And this is still a flagship phone. It's still got all the good cameras of the Note 10 or S10. But it's also $1,980. So now they've relaunched it, and it's sold by AT&T and unlocked. And you can get it in a different place like that. But, of course, to any normal person, I would not suggest this product at all. It's only for those people that want to collect the Galaxy Fold, or they just are the tech enthusiasts, the extreme tech enthusiasts that review tech and such that are going to be getting this device and seeing what the future of foldable phones are. So that's one thing to watch out is for all these foldable devices. There are going to be more foldable devices. And speaking of devices that haven't been released yet, the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL have not been released yet, though they will be here in a few weeks. But they have already leaked all the hands-on. The hands-on has leaked. And we already know about the screen, the camera, the chipset, and the software features that Google is, is putting into this phone. So the Pixel... 4 and 4XL have big screens, the AMOLED, they've got the 90 hertz refresh rate, similar to the OnePlus 7 Pro and also the OnePlus 7T I'm going to be talking about. They've got the Snapdragon 855, 6 gigs of RAM, and 120 gigs of storage. Now, do take all of these specs with a grain of salt. This phone has not been released officially yet. So, the one interesting thing about this phone, the one standout feature that I think Google is really going to be pushing is on the front. It's got face unlocking and also it has cameras on the front, your normal camera, and it also has a Project Soli sensor. Uh, Project Soli is one of Google's projects and it's kind of doing like this no hands, just like this gesture thing where you don't have to touch, you have to physically touch your phone to get to do things. Um, you can make your phone do things with Google Assistant. That's one of the things that are Google will probably be announcing at their next event is how you can use Google Assistant on device and get to do all kinds of things on your phone without having to touch it. And it will be just as fast as using your hands, assuming you can like speak it fast and say, hey, phone, open settings and do this and turn this and go home and do this and such. And dictating messages and other things like that should be able to be done quicker with this. Basically, then you will be able to use your hands in front, in front of the phone... So let's say that this camera is the phone. Let's say that you're, you have your phone, you're holding your phone, 
and you swipe your hand in front of the phone from left to right or whatever, and Google software could be able to combine with the hardware, be able to know that you want to skip the song. So let's say that you're that you have a song playing on your Spotify or your Google Play Music or some other service like that. You can make an swiping gesture in the air with your hand and it will skip the song or just do something else like that. I'm sure they'll have special ones, all kinds of movements if you want to like swipe down or something. It probably depends on which app you're in. It can do different things. So we're going to see what happens to that and see what Google really does with their Pixel devices for 2019. And for a Pixel device, like the Pixel 3a has actually been selling pretty well. I have used the ones that my parents have several times and definitely impressed with the battery life that those things have. And the camera is good as well. Um, it's very good HDR using the Google software. Um, and it's got decent detail. And the selfie camera is also very good. So that's the good things about the Pixel. And also the price. The price has not really gone down yet, but I'd expect it to at some point, especially if the next generation Pixel 4a device comes out to replace the Pixel 3a. So we'll see when that comes. And that that event for Google will be on October 15th when they'll announce the Pixel 4 and other devices there. Hey listener, if you enjoy the Serious About Tech podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to seriousabouttech.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us for as little as a dollar and get all kinds of fun perks. Thank you. Now back to the podcast. Speaking of budget phones or mid-range phones, the Nokia 6.2 and 7.2 phones have been re- released from Nokia. So this is Nokia, which is now made by HMD Global. They own the Nokia branding. So I've been putting out multiple phones under the Nokia name. They just released the 7.2 and 6.2 at the IFA conference in Berlin, Germany this year. So they replaced the 6.1 and 7.1 of last year that I recommended for budget devices and both of these phones now have the same display it's a 6.3 inch HD display with a teardrop notch and it can scale up to HDR content if you want like the high dynamic range the deep blacks and the light other things just a good a good display I'm not sure if it's OLED or LCD um, you probably don't have to worry about that if it's OLED versus LCD there are some very good LCD displays the difference between OLED and LCD, besides the underlying technology, the effects that you can see is that the OLEDs will have deeper blacks as they can actually turn off pixels to have the blacks on an OLED versus an LCD, which has to keep on all the pixels all the time, it's just how the different technologies work. I would say if you can have an OLED display, that is probably preferable for content, but also if it's a cheaper phone, then it will probably come with an LCD display just because it's more cost effective. So the Nokia 6.2 has a Snapdragon 636, and the 7.2 has a Snapdragon 660. Now, the difference between these chipsets isn't too bad. Those are the processors that are in here, and both of them are actually decent processors. The, the, the Snapdragon 636 was used in the Nokia 7.1, and so they just put the 660 in the Nokia 7.2, and I've seen the Snapdragon 660 in, like, the... The Nokia 7 Plus had the Snapdragon 660, and it's a good processor. Um, both of these phones come with 4 gigs of RAM and have a 3,500 milliamp hour battery, which means 
probably pretty good battery life. And they also have dedicated Google Assistant buttons. So on the side, you'll be able to press this button and it will trigger Google Assistant. The Nokia 7.2 is coming to the US for the same price as the previous Nokia 7.1 at a price of $349. So $349, it's a pretty good price for this phone. The camera, the Nokia 7.2 comes with a 48 megapixel main camera. That's a pretty good sensor from all the different phones that have that sensor now. It's a Sony sensor and does very well. It's got an 8 megapixel ultra wide camera. And one of the new bigger things now, the big trend on phones, is to have an ultra wide camera that allows you to get more in your frame without stepping back. And it's something that's very popular now. And it has a 5 megapixel depth sensor to be able to do different portrait modes and bokeh effects. The Nokia 6.2 will be coming to the U.S. as well. Uh, not sure when yet or for how much. Price will probably be pretty similar, probably $249 or so is my guess. Another phone that was announced at IFA, or at least shown off, was the LG G8X. This is a phone that has a dual-screen attachment that allows you to plug an extra screen onto this phone. So basically, you have this case that has an extra screen. You put your phone in the one side of the case, and it plugs in through a USB-C port. And then you also have your your other screen on the other side. And the display on the other side displays content also from your phone. So your phone uses both of the, of the displays at once. And you can see, like, have your YouTube on one side and your browser on another or do whatever you want for that. Have a camera open on one side and you can be texting on the other side. Just however you want to use that. You can use another screen. You can turn it into landscape mode and then be able to have your keyboard on the bottom display while you're typing up a text or an email or something on the top display and be able to use it kind of like a mini keyboard, which is kind of cool. Now, I don't think this is something that you should just go out and buy this phone specifically for that feature. Um, it's not that much of an upgrade over like the LG G8. It is a little bit and just some of the smaller specs, but if you want just like a more well-balanced phone, then another phone is probably going to be do better. This one is more of a specialty for that case. In that little case, the little dual screen attachment they are including for the price of the GAX, and you can only buy it in certain markets. At IFA 2019, TCL, a company now known for making TVs, has announced a smartphone. It's called the Plex. So it's the TCL Plex. And it's got another 48 megapixel camera, similar to that Nokia 7.2. It has a 16 megapixel ultra wide and a 2 megapixel camera that is for low light shooting. It has big pixels, so basically it's got 2.9 megapixels. That's all the pixels, and each pixel is very big, thus allowing it to capture more light so that in a dark environment, it can actually see more light than even maybe the human eye can see. It has a 6.5-inch LCD display. There's another LCD display here that TCL makes, and so they can make it be a very good display since they make those TVs. And then it's powered by the Snapdragon 675, has 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gigabytes of storage, a microSD card slot, a headphone jack, Bluetooth 5, and a 3820 milliamp hour battery, so a pretty big battery as well. 
We'll see if this phone comes to the U.S. or not. It may or it may not, but they are releasing it for 329 euros, so approximately 329, 330 dollars. Something that I normally don't cover on this show is electric cars. I have a few times, but so Porsche announced their Taycan or Taycan or however you say it, but it's their first electric car. They have been teasing it for several years, and now they finally released it. It's their answer to a high-end Tesla. It's not as quick as Tesla's fastest cars, and it doesn't have as much range. But since Porsche made it, you can expect the good interior that a sports car will, of course, have. And it also has a 2.6 seconds, 0 to 60 mile per hour time, how fast it can get from 0 to 60, and it can also go on the racetrack, unlike there's this one track that Tesla tried to do, and Tesla couldn't even finish a round on this certain track because the battery would overheat. So with these electric cars, using the battery, like using a lot of the power out of the battery, trying to spin up the motors very quickly, and just using the motors constantly takes up more battery, thus heating the battery up. If the battery gets too warm, then the car has to throttle down its power so that the battery can not overheat because you don't want your batteries to overheat. So that's one thing that Porsche says that they've gotten better is their cooling system for their battery. Of course, it's an expensive car at around $150,000. That's even much compared to, let's say, a midline um, Tesla. You can get a midline Tesla Model 3 for around 75000 maybe ninety. Now on to the OnePlus 7T. So this device I was teasing earlier in the episode, and it is a phone similar to the previous OnePlus 7 Pro, but this device is slightly smaller, has a flat display, has the same three cameras, just some slightly different specs, just the same setup though. And it is cheaper. So this phone is $599. Comes with the Snapdragon 855 Plus. That is the newest processor from Qualcomm. It's got 8 gigs of RAM, 128 or 256 gigabytes of storage with no micro SD card slot, a 90 hertz refresh rate display. It means that things just seem smoother, animations seem quicker, and it just seems more fluid. It has a bright AMOLED display that gets plenty bright for out in the sun. You can actually see your phone. Um, some older phones and some cheaper phones just don't have that bright of displays. It's got good battery life and a good camera. Camera is one of the things where, where OnePlus has never quite caught up to the competition, such as Samsung and LG and Apple especially, especially with this year's Apple event they released their new iPhones, and iPhone 11 has impressive, very impressive cameras for its price point, especially at being only $699 for the base iPhone 11. The OnePlus 7T comes with Android 10 out of the box and will probably get updates very quickly, as OnePlus usually does. So for as for the camera, on the OnePlus 7T, you get a 48 megapixel normal camera, you get a 12-megapixel telephoto, which is a 2 times zoom, and a 16-megapixel ultra-wide camera. So it's got good good cameras from the reviews I've seen so far, better than pre- some previous OnePlus phones. 
It's got a decent design. It's glass, of course, glass and metal, as most phones are now, glass on the front, glass on the back, and metal frame. It's got a circular camera bump on the back that is pretty big because it houses the three cameras horizontally inside of the circle. So it's not the coolest looking design ever, but it's also not totally terrible. Um, this one will be available on October 18th, and you can pick it up for $599. The, the classic things from OnePlus are, of course, their alert slider. It's a thing on the side, similar to an iPhone, where you can switch between volume up, where you can switch between having volume on, vibration, or complete silence, like do not do not disturb mode, basically. comes with very fast charging, 30 watts, completely charging your phone in around an hour, maybe slightly over, and it does not have a headphone jack, as OnePlus phones have not for several generations. Speaking of iPhones, Apple had their event just very recently here and announced the iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max. Now, now I was actually impressed with the upgrades that they did to the camera, especially with different review samples I've seen and just what they showed on stage. It looks like they're really thinking about the cameras and how to make their cameras better because while iPhone cameras have always been solid, they've always done, they've always taken solid shots for their generation of phone, they just never had quite the color, quite the contrast, which is not quite as good as the competition on the Android side for the last five years or so, where your Pixel phones have done very well and your Samsung phones have been getting better and better. And so it's good to see Apple adding more stuff into their camera, such as a wide-angle camera that they put this year on the iPhone 11 and the 11 Pro and the Pro Max, put on all three cameras, and also has the telephoto camera on the Pro and the Pro Max. So these phones are basically the same as last year, the 10R, the 10S, and the 10S Max. Basically the same as that with a few upgrades, such as the processor is upgraded, the batteries are all bigger, and they the phones have more RAM, or at least the iPhone 11 does, compared to last year. It still has only an LCD display, and it's not even 1080p, it's pretty low resolution, but still high enough resolution that it shouldn't bother anybody. And with these cameras, the thing I'm impressed about is they have these, so on all the cameras, they're all 12 megapixel sensors, and they all can record 4K video at 60 frames per second. And that is just one of the crazy things that they can do because of their really powerful processor. One thing that they can just do they, they they can record 4K video at 60 frames per second on the front camera on your selfie camera and on the three back cameras and people should know that iPhones do have very good video while they may not do the best pictures always they have always had good video and especially in this newest newest series of phones looks like their video capabilities have been getting even better of course they also have wireless charging and 18 watt 18 watt charging and this year the Pro and the Pro Max come with an 18 watt charger in the box instead of having to buy some kind of iPad charger or something to actually get them to charge a little quicker than that really slow charger that they included in the box. So I'm really looking forward to this phone seeing if people with like an iPhone 6 
if they upgrade to one of these and see what they think. Um, I don't think they're that much better over like the iPhone 10 and 10s series. But they do present some interesting upgrades, especially the iPhone 11 going down from $749 on the previous iPhone XR to now being $50 cheaper at under $700, $699 in the U.S. for the iPhone 11. Even with some upgrades, now it's $50 cheaper than the previous gen generation. So that's actually very interesting, and that to me makes it the most intriguing phone out of the bunch just from that fact that it's cheaper and it has all the specs. Another new device that they announced that's more like a refresh is the iPad. This time they bumped the screen size up from 9.7 to 10.2 inches, so it's a half inch bigger display on it, and it keeps about the same specs, um, this time as the Apple A10 Fusion chip. It's not that that powerful, but it's still plenty powerful, especially for a tablet, and the iPads have been doing very well for that. It comes in 32 gigs or 120 gigabytes of storage, and as a decent battery, and of course the display. So, I mean, every year when they do a new iPad, um, we can expect the iPads to be good. This is not an iPad Pro, it's just the iPad, and also has support for a for the Apple Pencil and comes with iPad OS, which is Apple's new operating system for iPads specifically that allows them to have some special things on the iPad, like some multitasking type of features and things that are specific to the iPad that just make the experience noticeably better. I don't know if I would upgrade to like a newer iPad from an older iPad. If you have like one of the previous generations that's not too old, I don't think you really need to upgrade your iPad unless you think it's slow or you just need a different iPad. There's also other tablets, and with phones getting to where they are nowadays, you don't necessarily need, not everybody needs a tablet and a laptop and a desktop and a phone. Some people can get away with just maybe two of those or three or just how much ever they need. More than just everybody thinking that they have to have all the latest gadgets, the latest iPhones, the latest iPads, the latest Samsung phones, the latest MacBooks, the latest Windows laptops, just all the latest stuff. Even though there are some really nice things coming out with Thunderbolt 3 and that being adopted widely by all kinds of devices that allow it to have really fast file transfer, again, across multiple devices and display out from more laptops and just having more common ports, shared ports, like the new iPads, the iPad Pros come with a USB-C port. And the iPhone chargers that come with the iPhone Pro, the 11 Pro and the 11 Pro Max are both 18 watts and they have USB-C at the end by the charger and then they go into lightning on the phone end. So it's good to see USB-C becoming more ubiquitous and I think we'll see that even more over the next coming months and coming years. Thanks for listening to this episode of Just About Tech. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us a review wherever you're listening and sending a a note to podcast at seriousabouttech.com just saying that you listened, saying your name, and say anything else you want. Maybe copy your review to in there as well, and I'll be sure to read your, your review on the show if you send one in. Remember that you can support us on Patreon. You can just pay 
a small amount of money to get access to exclusive bloopers, extra discussion, and if you go up to one of the higher levels, even exclusive merch that no one else has yet. So if you'd like to do that, you can go to seriousabouttech.com slash Patreon. And of course, the show notes are at seriousabouttech.com slash 20, seriousabouttech.com slash 20. And I'll have links to these products I talked about, all these phones, other things that I talked about. And you can subscribe at seriousabouttech.com slash subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast aggregator apps. You can find those at seriousabouttech.com on the homepage or in the sidebar. There's links to all the subscribes, subscribe links. If you'd like to contact us online, we are at seriousabouttech.com. We're on Twitter at Serious Tech Show, and I am Zachary Webb. You can find me at the Zachary Webb on Twitter. And thank you for listening. Uh, I hope to be doing these podcasts maybe a little more regular. We'll see. Um, just a lot of things going on. Can't always put out podcasts all the time for you. But there are also some other good podcasts that I like to listen to, such as All About Android from the twit.tv network. That is a good podcast that I enjoy listening to. So be sure to check them out at twit.tv slash AAA. Just remember that there are many tech podcasts out there that would be good to listen to. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode of Serious About Tech.